When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Football Social Daily. With German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at GermanDonnerKebab.com. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily, a podcast bringing you news and opinion on the English Premier League every single day of the season. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button and you'll not miss an episode between now and when the trophy is lifted on the final day, inevitably by Liverpool, of course. But it's not Liverpool on the agenda today. It's Tottenham Hotspur as they crashed out of the FA Cup last 16 on penalties at the hands of Premier League basement boys Norwich. The Canaries in the quarters for the first time in almost 30 years. But it was a clambering Eric Dyer which grabbed headlines, clambering over the seats at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, into the crowd, through supporters and confronting a Spurs fan. We'll let you into the full details in a bit. Also, Harry Kane reckons he'll be fit for the Euros, but does anyone actually believe him? A Manchester United take on Derby in the Cup this evening, and United legend Wayne Rooney has ruffled a few red feathers. I'm Niall McCorn. Alongside me in the studio today, we have Adam Brown. Hello, Adam. Hi, Niall. You're right. Very well. And Marley Anderson as well. Hello, Marley. Hello. Okay, Tottenham versus Norwich is where we're going to kick off. I said yesterday. I personally felt this game could be anything. I think this is the third time that the two teams have played each other this year, or since Christmas anyway. It was another close game. It's almost the same old Tottenham wasting the chances. There was a couple of goalkeeper mistakes from Michelle Vorm. But the one thing that really caught the eye was at the end. And I think we could probably start there before we actually talk about the fixture itself. Eric Dyer climbing into the crowd to confront a fan. Now, the first thing I wanted to do on the podcast is, now I've seen the footage, is just for you to confirm, Adam, that you weren't at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last night because you and the guy who Eric Dyer was confronting have the same barnet. So. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> so we wanted to just clear that up. Just another man with it, long hair. It's yeah, not yeah. Adam Brown. No, it's not, not Adam Brown. Not a chance. Okay, on that then, what do you make of it? Because that's not something I've seen since, well... The Eric Cantona kung fu kick in the crowd. I've not seen anything like this for a long, long time. There's something about Eric's. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it's good in that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I saw sorry late last night um, at, at the very obviously the, the very end of it, and I saw people talking about it on Twitter. So this morning, I've been up early. I've not managed to actually follow the full details of what's happened. Obviously, there's quite a few reports online of why he's gone into the crowd. Yeah, 
So I don't know the full ins and outs for it yet now. Can you confirm anything for me? Well, let's have a listen to what Jose Mourinho had to say in his post-match press conference. I think Eric Dyer did something that we professionals, we cannot do. But in these circumstances, I think every one of us would do. Uh, because when um, somebody insults you and your family is there and your family gets involved with the person that is insulting you, uh, in this case, a younger brother, I think Eric did what we professionals, we cannot do. And uh, But I repeat, um, probably every one of us would do. This person insulted Eric, the family was there, the young brother was not happy with with the situation. I repeat, we professionals we cannot do, but I also repeat, I am with the player and I understand the player. That was Jose Mourinho's take on the situation. Basically what he said was that Eric Dyer's family was in the crowd and some supporter was basically giving Eric Dyer a bit of stick, probably not realising that his brother was next to him and maybe there was a bit of an altercation between Dyer's brother and this fan and then Dyer at full time got into the crowd. And if you've seen the footage, you'll understand what I'm talking about. If not, it's all over Twitter. I'm sure you'll see it. He genuinely does just clamber and climb over yeah. row after row of seats to get up there. Yeah. And he kind of scruffs the, the fan by, by the sort of jersey and says, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, you do hear him say he's my brother as well, don't you? Eric Dyer's saying that. So obviously it kind of it ratifies the story that, that, that Mourinho was saying. Because there's all kinds of different rumours about why he'd done it and... No one really knew. I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because at what point do you say that... Like Mourinho kind of makes a good point saying that they're not allowed to do it from a professional perspective and you've got to remain professional and you've got to remember your responsibility as a, as a, as a, as a footballer and a sportsman and a role model. Sure. But at the same time, if something happens, where do you draw the line? Do you know what I mean? Is it just you can't go into the crowd full stop? Surely <laughs> it is that. But then you think, well, actually, if someone... How would you react if that was you? And it, the interesting thing to think about it is, I know football is a unique workplace, mm. but if someone sort of grabbed my brother out in, in the office that we've got here at the Sports Social, uh, even though I work in the same building yeah. as them, I'm sure I'd probably go up to them and grab them and say, I'm going to say, ask my brother, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Marley, let him go. <laughs> That's what I'd be saying. But <laughs> I'd be- quickly be beating the crap out of your brother before, he came, before you came along. <laughs> well, uh, maybe Steve McNaughton's the only one I wouldn't. Carry on, you know, Steve. <laughs> with his black belt in judo, whatever he's got. But, you know, um, it is one of those things where I guess the line was crossed two ways. Um, the, the the line of being a human being and then the line of being a professional. And I guess this is a difficult one for Jose uh, to come out uh, and kind of talk about because we know what he's like at defending his players, but he also knows how important it is for his players to remain professional. And with the injuries they've got, if Dyer gets banned, that's another blow to Jose. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd, if you were to say which manager would lose their cool with a fan the quickest in the Premier League, you'd probably say Mourinho would probably be the one to repeat <laughs> Eric yeah. Dyer's actions, to be honest. Um the thing that annoyed me last night was that everybody was just wildly guessing what happened like and just putting it out on Twitter as gospel, like, oh, this guy's been racist towards Jedson Fernandez because he missed a penalty, and yeah. that's why Eric Dyer's brothers copped a bit of stick. And then, like, that's absolutely bollocks. Like, what are you want about? Like, it's clearly, it from from when the dust settled, a, a, well, it's kind of settled a little bit, like 12 hours later. <laughs> um, it seems to be that, obviously... He's been giving Dyer stick throughout the game or what have you, and then eventually his brother's just said, hang on, pal, that's my brother. 
and probably had a go at him. And then there's probably just been a bit of fisticuffs. Well, enough, maybe not a proper fight, just like a bit of pushing and shoving. And Dyer's managed to see it from the side of the pitchers because he's clapping the fans or, or waving at his family or whatever he's doing. And then he's gone up and, and that's where we see the footage of him clambering over the the seats and, and what have you. Um, probably the quickest he's moved all season, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, um, I was surprised how... Like, how he easily got nimble, into the, yeah. But how he like there's no kind of stewards or anything running there to question <laughs> what was going on. And, and no one sat in that section of seats. It was like the Red Sea parting for Eric Dyer. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they all moved to one was, side. Was so shocked by it, going, "What? What is he doing? Where? Where's he going?" That it just kind of you could see people just kind of frozen, going, yeah. what, "What? What's happening here?" Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you got to remember that. You know, luckily, like from what we can see, no one physically got hurt, so it could have been a lot worse. Obviously, with the Cantonar incident, there's an argument there to say that. Yeah, well, I don't think it, we can draw le- parallels yeah. between the two. <laughs> but, but. but do you know what I mean? People are saying, "Oh, it's not been seen. A player hasn't gone into the crowd since since those days." But you think to yourself, you know, look how it happens if fans go onto the pitch quite a lot. Remember when when Grealish nearly got punched a couple of seasons in the ago? back of the head? On yeah, the, yeah, 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 it was yeah. a proper punch that someone yeah. threw at him. And dangerous, he managed, really dangerous. Didn't so he, he went to jail for like five he, weeks, didn't he? Yeah, like that. Yeah. So you know yeah, yeah. that that happens the other way around. I'm not saying that you know because that happens, the players have got every right to run into the crowd <laughs> and do it. But it's just it, it's just being able to keep a lid on it, really, isn't it? And I think I, I again I kind of back what Mourinho has said there that it's wrong. Probably shouldn't have done it, but he doesn't blame him for doing it because it's just a rush of blood to the head. It's a, something that's reactionary to something that he's heard, a situation, it's yeah. his family. It's a it's, human reaction. Of course it's it, a yeah. human reaction. And it's, yeah. You know, it's a mistake. Whether or not there's any mandatory bans that come into place, I don't know exactly what the laws are around it. People are saying that he could end up having a ban just because he's done it. I don't know if how severe they're going to clamp down on it. It's happened in other sports before. Remember in 2004, there's an infamous NBA, I don't know if you guys are aware of this in the NBA, it was um, the Pistons versus the Pacers, and it, I've never seen anything like it. Someone threw um, a drink and it hit one of the players, and he went into the crowd, and it started a mass brawl. <laughs> Honestly, wow. these YouTube footage, $11 million in uh, wages, you know, nine players got fined, 157 games suspension collab- collectively. <laughs> so it does Jesus. happen in other, game, in, in other sports. So I've seen things like that before. So when you see Eric Dyer doing that, it doesn't seem as severe. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, suppose, I think it's a mistake. I suppose people in the crowd feel that they're invulnerable. It's oh, unthinkable yeah. for a player to run into the stands. Yeah. You know, when you sat there three or four rows up and you go, you're a so-and-so, you're a this, you're a that, yeah. and you're calling the players all the names under the sun... Yeah. When they turn around and give it some back, you're kind of taken aback because you feel almost invincible when you're in that situation. You kind of forget, in a weird way, I think some fans forget that footballers are humans. You know, when you're at a game, there is that element of it. And especially now that you see so many people on social media, the way yes. people respond to not just sport either, in the, you know, the wider world and society, that people can just put some, say something horrible and get no repercussions. But suddenly, yeah. you shout at me and go, oh my God, he's coming up, he's coming up the stands at me. <laughs> it reminds me of road rage. The amount of people that give it large in the car and you wind the window down and go, what's that? And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, nothing. Exactly. <laughs> the drive off. Yeah, it's so very similar to it that. It is a similar thing to that. Does he deserve to be banned for it? I don't think so. What no. do you think, Marley? Do you think it's one should be I want to see Eric Dyer on the roads and see what he's like. <laughs> see, see what he's all about. <laughs> um, I think he will get a ban um, just because the FA and whoever... Um, whoever's in charge of giving out the ban would have to say, well, you have endangered fans a little bit. You're not allowed to go into the crowd. It's it's a pretty standard rule. You're not even allowed. You get booked for going in the crowd celebrating now. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah, never mind yeah, going in yeah, there yeah. trying to smack someone who's called your brother and yeah. or whatever whatever he's yeah. done. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably ban him. He'll get a fine. I don't know. I can't see it being a big ban because at the end of the day, nothing happened. He got, he got sorted by the stewards. 
he sort of had him by the scruff of the neck kind of thing. But uh, I think it'd just be maybe a one-game ban or something, and it'll all get forgotten about. If they don't ban him, they set a precedent, then, don't yeah. they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You might see more players doing that. Anyway, let's talk about the actual game. It finished one-one. Tottenham, the better team, I thought in terms of chances. The quality of chances Tottenham had were a lot better than than those Norwich had. And despite taking the lead in the thirteenth minute, a good header from Vertonghen, it has to be said. It was a mistake from Michel Vorm, which allowed Norwich back into it. And it wasn't the only one he made in the game, Marley. I I can't stand Michel Vorm. I think he's absolutely awful. Like honestly, I'd have when Spurs had. Um, goalkeeper trouble earlier in the season I would have rather brought through an 18 under 18's keeper to be third choice rather than bring Michel Vaughan back because he's he for the last three or four years he's sat on Spurs' bench he's played in the Cups and every time he gets uh, a run out in the Cups he makes mistakes he can't catch crosses his handling's terrible (laughs) his but he was the last good. People remember Michel Vorm as that when he was a good goalkeeper at Swansea, but that was like 10 years ago. Eight years that ago. Was, yeah. Remember like, Michu? Yeah. He was in that team with, with Michu and um, Pablo Hernandez and Leon Chico Britain. Flores yeah. and people like this. Like It was years ago. He's not good anymore. Like Get rid of the nostalgia. He's 35. He's practically been set out to pasture. And then he's been given a game last night, and I thought, as soon as it's in the lineups. As in Vorma thought, oh, here we go. We'll see if he can actually have 90 minutes or 120 minutes where he's not a liability. And he nearly messed one up in the first half. He, he It was a, sh- a shot straight at him and he, he fumbled it behind him and he saved it just before it went over the line. And then the second goal, it's exactly, uh, sorry, the, the goal that Norwich scored. Yeah. It's exactly the same, except instead of fumbling it behind him, he fumbles it in front of him and Dermic does very well to, to follow it up and put it in. And... You get what you get, like with him, like he's rubbish. It's weird though, because obviously when you know Larice has had uh, injury problems for a couple of seasons on and off, and he, he mm. seems to miss kind of sections of the season for, for Spurs. Mm. But when when he was out, they were playing uh, Gazaniga, weren't they? He came in to cover. Yeah. So and he was on the bench last night. So I wonder why why, why they didn't just play him. You know, because for me, I thought he was second choice, and I thought Vaughan was brought in as almost a third choice keeper. Yeah, yeah. last resort. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a strange one. Um, other than that, I mean, they, they played a, a relatively strong team, uh, Tottenham. And it's interesting you said at the start, Nile, that you kind of didn't know which way this was going to go. No idea. And it's, it's weird. You think Norwich, bottom of the Premier League, and we're wondering, you don't know which way it's going to go. What does that say about Spurs in the current state they're in? If you're not sure which way it's going to go against Norwich, the bottom, the you know, the bottom of the bottom of the league. It's, I don't know. I, I, I just think for me, for, for Mourinho, I think he must be just willing on the summer now just yeah, trying to get sure. get to the end of the season and just sort out what the hell's going on who wants to be here who doesn't want to play for me who can we make some money from who can we bring in he's a big rebuilding job for him in the summer I think if if he needs centre-backs as well uh, Mourinho if, he, if he's not happy with uh, his current centre-backs he could do worse than looking at Ben Godfrey from, from Norwich he's such a good defender he made mm. the most unbelievable goal line clearance last night where I think I forget who it was. Was it Aurier who had yeah. the shot? Yes. Christ, yeah. I was thinking it wasn't him because it was on target. Um, <laughs> and he, he had the shot and Godfrey just came out of nowhere and just threw himself and deflected it round the round the, co- uh, the post. And it to be fair brilliant. to Norwich, again, you know, Godfrey, um, I think uh, Aaron's will probably Aaron's move on. a good player. Uh, well, and yeah. I think Cantwell will probably get a move to a Premier League club as well. And yeah, and, and talk about the penalty kicks. Cantwell scored a good penalty, but 
Going back to Spurs, Troy Parrott, who all this talk about him, we spoke about him on yesterday's podcast. Why not give him a chance? I think he was brought on in the 96th minute, so pretty much at the start of extra time. And he got his chance from the penalty spot and it was saved. So, mm. I mean, you're thinking all you got to do, kid, is score. That's all you got to do and you're fine. But already he's put himself on the back foot. He's made one appearance yeah. and already he's on the back foot. It's, it's unlucky for him, to be fair. Um, however, Spurs missed, what, three penalties in, in total? And Jadson Fernandez. Of, of, of the three. Hot, horrendous. That that's what I was about terrible. to say. Parrots, Parrots wasn't that bad. It was a good save. And, I mean, Jadson's, I mean, you could have threw your hat on it. It was that. It was so weak and so poor. Um, Parrot. He did, he sort of did everything right, but Krull did you see Krull's water bottle? Yeah, he had the um, he had the notes written on his water bottle for every player, and Parrot was on it as well. So Parrot probably went into this thinking, "There's no chance." I don't, yet, I don't, yeah. you know, he'd probably never seen me score a penalty. But Norwich's coaching staff, goalkeeping staff, or Krull himself, has probably been doing his research in the week, and he had a a list on the back of his bottle that said Lacelso left, uh, Parrot right, whatever. It wasn't um, even discreet, was it? The list. No, no, not <laughs> at all. Like, it, was like, it was massive when his drinks yeah. bottle, and he's like reading. All oh, right, yeah. okay. I'm he hasn't got his stuff. contacts in. Yeah. But he <laughs> needs it really big. Well, Krull, Krull has has form for saving penalties. I mean, it was him in the 2016 World Cup where where um, Van Gaal took uh, oh, the yeah. goalkeeper off. I think it was Stecklenburg. It might yeah. have been. Um, he took him off in extra time, and Krull came on with again. I think I'm sure he had a list that day as well, and he that. saved like three penalties against yeah. uh, whoever it was in the. Second round of quarter final, whatever it was. But you know, I, I, just to go back quickly about goalkeepers as well. I heard that Ben Foster's apparently being linked with Tottenham next season. So another goalkeeper, happens. Marley loves. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of him. <laughs> I, lo- I like, I like him as a person. I seen that video this week of him helping the kid out who had cancer at uh, Watford, and I think he's he's a great guy. I just don't rate him as a goalkeeper. <laughs> okay, well, Bad times for Spurs uh, reserve keepers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Norwich City through to the FA Cup quarter-final for the first time in 28 years, 1992, the last time they got there. Other results in the FA Cup last night, Leicester City won Birmingham City nil, so Leicester through to the quarters two. Uh, left it a little bit late and just a single goal in it, but they squeezed past championship side Birmingham, as did Manchester City by the single goal away at Hillsborough against Sheffield Wednesday. So Leicester, Manchester City and Norwich in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Right, we're going to take a quick break now here on Football Social Daily, which is brought to you with the help of German Doner Kebabs, gourmet Doner Kebabs made using premium lean meats, served in hand-toasted breads with signature sauces. And you can find your nearest restaurant by visiting germandonerkebab.com. But we'll be back the other side of this. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Kebabs done right every time. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. Make sure you leave us a review. Make sure it's five stars as well and you might get a shout out on the show in future. Thanks to everyone who's downloaded the podcast. Thanks to everyone who's subscribed and you still can do that because we'll bring you a podcast every single day that the Premier League season is on for. Right, we're going to talk about Harry Kane. We spoke about Tottenham before the break. Now we're going to talk about Harry Kane in the context of England because he's come out yesterday and said that he definitely feels he'll be ready and fit for Euro 2020. The question is, does anyone in the sports social studio believe him? I, th- I think I think he'll do everything he can to get over the line to, to prove his fitness. But I'm, I'm more worried about uh, actual game time. I'm more worried about how much football he'll play before the Euros. It probably 
very few games, if if any, I think he'll make. Uh, I think he'll get on the uh, keeps saying on the plane, but he's not he's not going to be going anywhere, is he? Um, <laughs> yeah. um, well, on, on the on the fictional plane, he'll get in the squad um, and we'll play him. But I've got this horrible feeling we're going to go through the usual rigmarole we go through when we have an injured player where it becomes the thing that overtakes everything. And Will they be, be fit? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it'll play and it won't be fully fit and that's a great thing for us to fall back on if we don't go far in the tournament. Well, Kane wasn't fit and if he'd have been fully fit, <laughs> you know, we'd have been out, we'd have won definitely, but, you know, he just wasn't, he wasn't himself. I'd rather just not play him. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Play but someone dr- in form. Yeah, someone who's flying, someone in form. I'm, I'm not going to deny Kane's a great goal scorer. He's the best goal scorer we've got for England, but he's got to be fully fit. We've seen it so many times We've had Michael Owen in the past. We've had Rooney in the past. You know, even Beckham. I know Beckham. I know yeah. wasn't a goal scorer yeah. as such, but we've always had someone that's the, you know the tel- talismanic kind of player for England, and we've always just rushed them back and played them just because of who they are. Do you know my favourite example of this is actually it's a non-England example. It's Fernando Torres, who was rushed back from injury after having an amazing season for Liverpool, and then he picked up an injury and tried to rush back. And then after that, he just wasn't the same player. No. And I know Spain won the uh, the World Cup in 2010. But after that, he went to Chelsea for 50 million and it, it just wasn't the same Torres. And this is only like two years after the season he yeah. had at Liverpool. And it was almost like a totally different player. You know, he come back with the short hair, brown hair rather than the long <laughs> yeah, blonde yeah, yeah. hair. And I think, who is this guy? <laughs> just says Torres on the back, but there's no resemblance. And I think that can be a danger. Players sometimes do rush themselves back from injury. I mean, Michael Owen mentioned that he maybe played too many games when he was younger and that's yeah. caused him to kind of have a, a shorter career than he wanted to. And I know Kane will, he'll be absolutely, he'll do everything he can to get back. He'll think it's, you know, because the, the captain, he'll want to play in, in England. He'll, he'll, he'll do everything he possibly can, but I just worry that it's going to be a step too far and it's going to be too soon. I mean, I don't know what his schedule's going to be and how, how long, you know, what he's looking at. Maybe he will. He, he seems like he's, he does recover quite well from injuries, but... <laughs> I just worry that it's going to be too much of a rush. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I I agree. I think I think he will come back, but I mean he might play one or two games tops. I was surprised he even said this yesterday. I didn't even. I wonder where it come from at first. I thought I wonder if this is someone just making up some random stuff on a on a Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. But um, no, I mean it has come from him and stuff, and he he seems to he seems to think he'll be fit. So I don't know whether it's taken out of context in like you know. He, Somebody said, "How's the recovery going?" And he's saying, "Yeah, really good." Like, and he's, and then they've said, "Oh well, maybe he's, maybe he's gonna be fit for the Euros and stuff." But I can't see him being a hundred percent. But I can't see him not going. I yeah. think as soon as if he's walk walking, he's not in a boot. Yeah. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna be is that, in is that, the squad. It's a hamstring injury he's had, a yeah. ruptured tendon in his hamstring, and you know hamstrings take due care really you do need a few months of of building up the strength again so you know coming back into explosive international football professional football is going to be difficult isn't it and, yeah and even there's times in the world cup i know he scored a, he scored a lot of goals he scored a lot of penalties to be fair but he did score a lot of goals but there was times there when his fitness was kind of called into question a little bit because he i think he had a knock at some point and he was kind of he looks a bit sluggish he's not the quickest player anyway is he in terms of he's not the most agile he, he kind of looks he's not lightning is no he? And, and i think it really shows when he's Carrying a knock, I, I I don't think he's very. Some players can kind of disguise it and just kind of style it out a little bit, but I don't think Kane's one of those people. His mobility really suffers, mm. and you see it more than even normal because he's not the most mobile player. But it doesn't help that Rashford's been out as well. So I think even if we had a player that was flying, 
yeah. you could go, actually, listen, Rashford's been banging form. Mm, true. We're going to put, put him in. I do think it's going to be a case of both of them probably will make it. I think the problem with him is that, that a lot of people see is that um, we've got a lot of like quick, dynamic kind of players, especially if you look at the likes of Sterling, Sancho, you know, and we, we kind of want to play this free-flowing attacking football where we've got loads of pace going forward. And I think people see Kane as someone who slows that down a little bit. And also, when he's the captain, they never take him off. That's the problem. And we yeah. only play one striker. Yeah. Some, you know, in the days when we played four four two, I'm not saying I want to go back to that in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. But you could have you had to, and you could bring on someone from the off the bench quite easy to make an impact in the last oh, yeah, minute. Yeah. There was a lot of strikers. Yeah. 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 So you could bring on D- Darius for sell uh, <laughs> if you wanted to. You know what? Do you know what I mean? Or default when you had two, and you could still keep your main man on. So Rooney would still play. Yeah. But they would take Heskey off or whatever. Yeah. You, do you know what I mean? You had two, yeah, but yeah. now we've got Kane, and he's your captain. They ain't going to take him off. No, so true. sometimes you've got Rashford on the bench or we've had Vardy on the bench before and he's a game that's crying out for someone like Jamie Vardy to come on or Rashford with a pace for the last 20 minutes because Kane's the captain. They won't take him off. He's got three months to get fit. The Euro 2020 tournament begins on the 12th of June and he said, unless something pretty drastic happens between now and then, I will be there. So he's pretty much laid his his hat on the fact that he will be at the Euros. Do you think we'll see him play for Tottenham before the end of the season, Marley? No more than three or four times. He, he seems confident, doesn't he? And and that's fine. But it's one of them where if he tries to, you know, sprint into a loose ball and it goes again, you you're absolutely knackered. Like as soon as your hamstring goes, it's six weeks for a pull, and it's probably three months for a tear. So he's tore it, and then the last thing you want to do is be pushing it, and it'll be in his mind as well when in his first couple of games. If he, if he does play for Spurs, then it's going to be in his mind that oh, if I you know, I'll, I'll hold I'll hold twenty percent back because I need to go to the Euros, and will that will that help England in the long term? You know, then I'm not really sure. Do you know what? Sometimes I think, and it might. I don't think Kane's this kind of character, but sometimes you do think some players might have to step away from their own kind of desire to want to play. Mm. I know, obviously, footballers have got a finite amount of time to play at the top level. You might, you know, you're lucky if you've got ten years to play at the top level at international football. You know, Kane obviously broke into the England team early twenties. You'd think he's going to have a good ten years playing, you oh, know, yeah. being England, yeah, being yeah. England's main man. But sometimes you think, actually, it is a. 65-70% fit Harry Kane can be better than a 100% fit striker. This is why the Real Madrid fans don't like Gareth Bale, because he's never fit. Mm. He misses like a third of the season, every season, yeah. and they know how good he could be, but they don't like him because he's never fit. And then when he is fit, he's expect, they, he expects personally to come straight back into their team. Yeah. And obviously managers just go, well, hang on a sec, you've been injured for three months. But I mean, it's, it's like in, if you try to put it into a different context and said, um, you know, if you if you were like the best at what you did, but you thought, well, actually, the whole the team that you work for, that you're part of, can win if I step away and let someone else, you know, if, I, if you're not fully, in, you're not yeah. your bet. Mm. But what do you do? Because then Kane's not going to sit at home watching all these mates have a great time in the Euro. He wants to be part of it. But sometimes you think, if you're not fully fit, just say you're not fully fit. <laughs> Just don't take someone else's place on there when they could do a better job than you out there. But then you say, is a 60% fit Harry Kane better than a 100% fit Danny Ings? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> so but, no, but do you know, that, that you've got to think about the, the, the bigger picture in terms of what, what other strikers we've got out there as well. We've not got that many. Calvert-Lewin Calvert-Lewin is another one on the radar. Greenwood's going to be on the, on the radar as well, potentially. So what would you rather have 100% fit Calvert-Lewin leading the line or a 60% fit Harry Kane? 
well, on form, Calvert-Lewin, but obviously, you know, he might not score another goal between now and the end of the season. You just don't exactly. know. And of course, we've got some March internationals coming up, which I believe Gareth Southgate will be naming his squad for in that'll the next be an, couple be an of interesting days. Squad. Yeah, yeah it really, will. I'm I looking forward to a lot that. Of, not a lot of new faces in that, I think. Yeah, definitely. So we look forward to seeing what Gareth Southgate's announcement is for his latest three-line squad. But there is one final FA Cup last 16 game this evening, 7.45 kickoff at Pride Park, where Derby County welcome Manchester United and it makes for grim reading for Derby, who have lost their last eight FA Cup games against Manchester United. And Manchester United have progressed 45 out of the last 46 games against lower league opposition, which is just incredible. There's no real banana skins, cliche bell, for Manchester United, it seems. It seems that when they come up against lower opposition, they can get the job done. However, the one ace in the pack for Derby County, Marley, is the fact that Wayne Rooney is back in English football, playing for Derby. And he's actually wound up a few Manchester United fans. Now, Mm. I personally don't understand this. He was asked by the press yesterday, will you celebrate if you score? And Rooney goes, yeah, I'm a Derby player and I want Derby to win. I want Manchester United to lose. And a lot of Manchester United fans, to use a mank expression, have seen their arse about this (laughs) and got very, very upset about it. I mean, what do they expect Rooney to say? Uh, Yeah, it it baffled me as well, to be honest. I, I don't understand why you think... That you wouldn't like, why? Why wouldn't he? Well, it's, there's it's, a difference between celebrating and going crazy, isn't there? Yeah, like, Adebayo running the length yeah. of the pitch. Yeah, like, yeah. like he's not going to run up and you know clothesline Man United's manager, is he? So he's he's going to be. I gonna wish that would be amazing. He's going to be fine. Like, <laughs> do, do you not think there's a little bit of respect that the fans deserve? If you're a, like a, a club legend, Rooney is a, a, a Man United club legend. He is no matter what, right? I think the respect should be the other way round. I think the fans of Manchester United should respect Rooney and the fact that he doesn't play for them anymore. Well, Rooney, obviously, you know, United are just one of a few clubs that he's played for. So he's kind of gone, you know, the fans are going to be there, are always there. Rooney's kind of gone in, all right, for a long time, he stayed at United and he scored a hell of a lot of goals and he delivered, to be fair to him. But then he's moved, he's moved, moved on. But do you not think that, the, you know, the love they give Rooney, the time, you know, they, don't forget, they kind of, some fans didn't forgive him, but they did after the whole... You better sign some good players or else I'm leaving scenario that he did. So I don't know. I think there's a way of doing it. I don't think don't celebrate. That is weird because Derby are paying his wages now. Yeah. So you've Whoa. got to celebrate. Are they? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or someone affiliated with Derby. <laughs> Maybe. 32 red players yeah, paying but, his wages. Well, he's getting, He's. A, I get it, he's a Derby player, but I, I don't know. I just think you, you surely have a bit of respect for the team. that If you've got so affiliated with that team, like Rooney's, his livelihood was built at United. He became a world-class player at United. You know, he he broke into the England team properly. You know, I don't know he was at Everton when he did that, but he became a such a, an icon of English football whilst he was at United. It's quite I, mad. To I start don't think he's going to run along the front of the away end, putting his finger to his lips, going Shh, kissing the, the badge. You know, kissing the derby badge. But if he wants to fist pump or punch the air, I don't see any problem with that. I mean, if you score a 90th minute winner. You're going to be buzzing. Yeah, it'd be a lot weird if you're just on. silent, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would be, it'd be strange. So I don't understand this. But as for the game, are Manchester United, Marley, having a better season than people are giving them credit for, particularly in the light of what we've seen Spurs do in the last couple of weeks with, I know they've had injuries, but so have United in all fairness. Pogba's been out for mm. a long time. Martial was out for a while. Um, they're still in the FA Cup. They're still in the Europa League with a good shout of getting further in that. They're still in with a shout of the top four. Are they probably doing better than perhaps people are giving them credit for? 
Probably, but it it seems to change. I've never known a club where things change drastically so quickly. Like, yeah. they lose a game and it's everyone's rubbish. The rebuild's nowhere near. Meltdown. Being uh, being completed. We need another three midfielders, another centre back. The goalie's not as good as he is. Then they win a game and it's like, oh, well, actually, it's not that bad. Like, our new signings have been great. Bruno's Bruno Fernandez is 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 really good. Igalo's a good short-term option. Martial's scoring. He's happy. What have you? Yeah. It it just depends on the last result with Man United. It, it certainly seems like the fan base just polarized so quickly on on the back of the results, and that's probably a reason that's came from the Premier League being so tight that a loss you can be eighth, and eighth sounds bad or ninth, and then a win and you you're fifth, and you're all of a sudden you're three points off off like the top four and then City's ban means that fifth is probably going to be good enough for a Champions League place and everyone says oh well it's not that bad but you've you've got to judge it as sort of objectively as you can like for me Solskjaer he isn't the best manager in the world but what he's done at Man United so far is lead the rebuild and not one of his new signings has been poor I don't think. I think Juan Bissaka has improved the the right back situation. He's he's been fit. He's played every game. He's been good. Uh, I think Maguire Maguire is now club captain. He's he's doing he's doing fine. Um, then you've got Bruno, who's been man of the match in every game he's played so far. So he's been he's he looks like giving Man United so much more than they ever had mm. um, previously because they they couldn't break down couldn't fight their way through a paper bag before Bruno came. He, they were so toothless. Dan James. And now, well. yeah, and, James and then you got good. Dan James, who had, had an amazing start to the season. Um, he's tailed off a bit, but again, he's, he's like 21 years old. He's, mm. he's going to be a little bit inconsistent at first, and he's always got that threat and pace on the counter-attack, so he's sort of a system kind of player if you're under pressure and you've got Dan James on the pitch. Yeah. You can get to the other he's, end of the pitch in four seconds. He's probably so. played He's probably played more games than he thought he would this season as well, Dan James. Definitely, I yeah. Think, Definitely. In a way. He's probably had to use him more than... I think the plan would have been to use him as a sub a little bit more rather than a starter, but he's yeah. ended up playing more, more games than he should have done and he's tailed off. But yeah, I think United, you know, he thinks if you'd have said to him, you'd have been three points behind a four in a fourth place, three points behind Chelsea at this stage of the season. At this, when the Solskjaer kind of wobble started, no one would have expected it. Equally, if it is said to to me that United would have won eleven, drawn nine, lost eight, and still be fifth and nearly in the Champions League places, with that record, you, you, yeah, I, oh, sure. It's yeah. also I, listen. I've said this before on the podcast. It's helped that other teams have been poor this season. Definitely, that's kind of made United not look as bad. I don't think. Uh, this resurgence we've seen, I do think Bruno's going to be a really, really good player for him. He's looked great so far, uh, and if he can keep up that kind of level of form, they've got an, mm. I think they've got a bargain on their hands. Yeah. I know they paid a lot of money for him, but wow, what a player! Yeah, what I'd like to discuss, we won't do it now, but we'll do it on a future podcast. Is why, when the signings are bad, they're Woodward signings, and when the signings are good, they're Solskjaer signings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got to be consistent, lads. Come on, <laughs> true, very true. Anyway, today we're going to end with a bit of a quiz. Uh, I thought, why not? Bit of a laugh. Um, it's actually World Book Day. Yep. So oh, you can is, see yeah. where I'm going with this. Go on. We're going to do a quiz on the amount of bookings that players have had in the Premier League <laughs> this season because it's World Book Day. Oh, um, I thought we were going to read uh, one of Steve Bruce's books. Oh, yeah. well, oh, they, feel free. The floor is yours, Marley, yeah. if you want to do that. Uh, I'm trying to get, I'll try to get one. Oh, oh, <laughs> thought, Are they sold out everywhere? Oh, Steve thought, Bruce books. I thought you were going to say which player had been which house in Harry Potter. I thought Ooh. it might have been another one as well. Well, Todd Cantwell's got to be in Slivering because he looks like Draco Malfoy <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah. So we can get him in there. Um, or Erlin Harland. He's got the hair, isn't he, for it? Yeah, <laughs> so. Um, but obviously everyone used to dress up as characters, I remember once going in as uh, Where's Wally? Easy. Yeah, Red yeah. striped top. 
pair of jeans, sorted. Yeah, no ironically, problem. easy to spot you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's do this quiz then. Okay, so I want you, I've got the top eight here of the most bookings in the Premier League per player. And the reason I've done it this way is because there's a load of players on seven. Right, okay. So to do the top 10 or the top 20 would be here for absolutely hours. So I've only got the top eight. So there's eight players here. Four are English, one's French, one's Serbian, one's Colombian, one's Italian. That's all I'm giving you. That's the only clues I'm giving you. So who wants to go first and kick off and see if you can name a player who is in the top eight in terms of times they've been booked by Premier League referees this season? Anyone want to take a stab going uh, first? I'll go for Jorginho. Hey. As the Italian, just because you said Italian. Jorginho is, is top of the is list. It? With, t- with 10 bookings, Jorginho has been booked more than anyone else in the Premier League so far this season. So well done, Marley. That's a point on the board for you. Anything um, you want to take a stab at there, Adam? I'm thinking there must be, uh, I reckon there might be a Watford player. Will Hughes? No. Uh, no, no Will Hughes, no Will Hughes. Marley, fancy taking another shot? Let's go for Xhaka. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Give, give us some more nationalities again. Okay, man. so the other nationalities, you've got Italian with Jorginho, Colombia. Serbia. Oh, Yeri Mina. It's not Yeri Mina. Really? Oh. So, Colombia, Serbia, France, and there are four English players. And let me tell you now, only one of these players plays for a traditional big six club. The rest oh. of them are in other teams in the Premier League. Uh, and you've got Jorginho with Chelsea, and there's only one from another big six. So, Nemanja Matic. It's not Matic. I'm trying to think who else it is. The Serbian is a midfield player, plays for a London club. Come on. Why can't I think of this? Oh, um, what's he called? Crystal Palace. Yes, that's, that's him. Milivojevic. Milivojevic is third on the list. Uh, he is the Serbian with nine yellow cards. Wow. There is another player who's second in the list who's on nine yellow cards as well. And that's the Colombian player. Plays for a team scrapping for survival down the bottom of the table. Not, it's not Holibas, is it? It's not no, Holibas. No, he's not Greek, Greek, I think. Greek, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the right club, though, aren't I? No. <laughs> the right club. <laughs> the right club. <laughs> he plays for Bournemouth. Oh, Jefferson Lerma. Yay, well done, Marley. Oh, this is hard, this, it's you know. difficult because a lot of these players, you wouldn't expect them to have as many yellow cards as they've had. OK, I'll give you a clue now. Frenchman, who's got eight yellow cards, Kante. plays for West Ham United. Oh. It's not Kante. He's jumped the gun there. Oh. Plays for West Ham. Frenchman, defender. Oh, Diop. Diop. Hey, well go. done. Uh, moving down, Brighton and Hove Albion defender, English. All the rest of the players now are English. Lewis Dunk. It is Lewis Dunk. Correct, Adam. Um, another one, plays for Burnley, or a midfield player. Moves Barnes. around a bit. Not Barnes. It's not Barnes. English. English. Um, Very English name. Oh, uh, Famous DJ. He's got the same name. Athlete Westwood. I thought to say Pete Tong for um, some reason. <laughs> that famous player. Yeah, they him Tong. in summer. Uh, this guy's a striker who plays for AFC Bournemouth. He's got eight yellow cards this season. Plays for England as well when he's in form. Callum Wilson. Yeah, Callum he hasn't Wilson. been in form this season. And the final one, plays for Tottenham. He's a midfield player, central midfield player, also very favoured by Gareth Southgate. Harry Winks. Here's Harry Winks. There, there you go. go. So that's your list. Jorginho, Lerma, Milivojevic, Diop, Dunk, Westwood, Wilson and Winks are the most booked players in the Premier League this season. And we'll book down. I wonder how many people will have uh, their parents taking pictures of them and putting them on Facebook. Any of those players on that list there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see, of course. This has been Football Social Daily from Sports Social. Thanks for downloading the podcast. I've been Niall. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Marley. Make sure you listen again tomorrow because we'll have more reaction to all of the FA Cup games that have taken place this week. And also, there's a big game, a Manchester derby coming up soon as well. And all the other Premier League fixtures will cover off for you too. So make sure you stick around and hit subscribe. But that's it for now. And we'll chat to you again soon. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Find your nearest GDK restaurants at germandonerkebab.com.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply